Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In 1909, a, an English woman named Dorothy Levitt uh, published a, a little book booklet uh, titled The Woman and the Car, a chatty little handbook for all women who motor or who want to motor. It's a fantastic title. And uh, you, you can find the book for free uh, online today. Um, I am not a woman, but uh, I have to admit I got sucked into reading it. It was certainly a, a different time. She talks about buying your first single-cylinder car and how you'll, you'll need to find a, a stable or a, a garage where you can keep it. And, and she reminds her readers that, quote, the men at a garage are always hungry for tips and your car will be polished with greater zest if the tips are frequent or generous. Good to know. Uh, driving those early cars was more complicated, and so uh, she advised her readers that uh, you're going to want to, to bring along some soap to wash the grease off of your hands. Uh, you could put it in the, the little drawer that's under the seat of your car, where you're going to want to keep some other things as well. Uh, a clean veil, some hairpins, some chocolates, and uh, a, a little hand mirror. This last thing she said was, was very important. Uh, you'll want to keep that one handy while you're driving, she says, so that you can, you can hold it up and see what is behind you without losing sight of where you're going and letting go of the steering wheel. That's right, uh, Miss Dorothy Levitt is credited as the first person to come up with the idea of a, a rear view mirror. It's important when you're driving to know what is behind you, but never at the expense of knowing what is ahead. And this is the way that Jesus teaches his disciples to follow him, not focusing on what is behind us, not looking all over at what is around, but with our eyes fixed on where we're going, and especially on whom we are following. Followers of Jesus are, are wholly committed to following him. Followers of Jesus don't look back. In our gospel for today from Luke chapter 9, we catch up with Jesus shortly after his transfiguration, which happened way up, up north, outside of Israel, towards the end of Jesus' ministry. After that, he began traveling south towards Jerusalem. And here Luke gives us really four accounts uh, about how people reacted to Jesus. These were probably spread out along the trip, but he tells them all together here in this one group. Um, first of all, they had to go through the land of Samaria, and uh, they ran into a town that, that didn't want them there at all. This was not because they were Jews, even though the Samaritans and the Jews really didn't like each other. It, it wasn't because these people hadn't heard of Jesus either. It, instead, it was because Jesus was heading to Jerusalem. And these Samaritans, they, they wanted a Messiah who would worship with them on Mount Gerizim, not who would go to, to Jerusalem. This wasn't the Messiah they wanted, so they rejected him. The brothers, James and John, they were ready for revenge. 
They asked Jesus if they should call down fire from heaven on them, the way that, that the prophet Elijah called down fire on Mount Carmel to prove who really was God. But they had forgotten who they were following, like a, like a driver who is no longer watching the road because that guy cut me off. If Jesus had come to cast down fire on every sinner, well, who could stand? The, the Son of God would not have had to, to humble himself to become true man in order to judge the world. And so Jesus re rebuked these two disciples and he said, you don't know what kind of spirit is influencing you. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy people's souls, but to save them. And then after this, there are three very short stories uh, about people following Jesus. The, the first one is someone who came to Jesus on his own. Luke says, as they went on the way, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Well, Jesus warned this man, have you really counted the cost? Following Jesus didn't mean taking a, a vow of poverty, but don't think that following Jesus means earthly success and earthly wealth. Jesus was saying, will you really follow me wherever I go? If you were that man, what would you do? Unlike the first man, the second man was called by Jesus. But he too had his, his focus in the wrong place. Luke says, Jesus said to another man, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus told him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Well, this, is, this seems pretty harsh to us. Jesus won't even allow this man to, to mourn and, and bury his father. Some people have tried to make this seem a little bit easier by saying, well, maybe it's that his father hadn't died yet and the guy just wanted to wait around and then someday after his father is dead, then he'll follow Jesus. But that doesn't really seem to be what, what Luke is recording here or what Jesus is saying. This, in fact, is meant to be something that is, is shocking. That's why Jesus said it. The point was that this man couldn't do anything anymore for his father. It was too late for him. And so the man had a choice. He could waste time with the spiritually dead, uh, mourning over his dead father, or he could follow Jesus and find in him life for his own soul and proclaim that life of the kingdom of God to others before it was too late for them. If you were that man, what would you do? And then there's a third man. And at first you might think that there's nothing that could possibly be a problem here with what he said. He said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say goodbye to those at my home. This guy is all ready to go. But even here, Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Wow. Even this man is not really there where he needs to be. 
Jesus uses the, this picture of a, of a farmer plowing a field. The, the plows pulled by oxen in those days, they didn't have rear view mirrors. You better not take your eyes off the row or your hands off the handles. The, the prophet Elisha said goodbye to his family, but Jesus made a, a greater demand. And we, we aren't told what happened here, not with this man or with any of these three men. Did this man put his hands to the plow and, and fix his eyes ahead and follow Jesus? Or did he turn away? If you were this man, what would you do? Jesus demands total commitment. He demands that we follow him without looking back. And I don't know about you, but when reading these uh, accounts, when I read these, these accounts of these three men, it, it, it makes me squirm a little bit. Because when I, I read them, the only thing that I can think is, would I do it? Would I leave behind all of my material blessings to follow Jesus? I'm, I'm not a wealthy person by any means, but I, I can be pretty attached to my stuff. I'm not good at throwing things away. I'm not good at giving things up. I don't expect Jesus to make me rich, but I don't want following Jesus to make me poor. I'll follow you, Jesus, but please don't go there. And, and what about the second man? Sure, proclaiming the kingdom of God is, is important, but there are a lot of things that are important in this life. There, there are duties that must be per performed and, and opportunities that, that pass us by. Aren't these things important too, Lord? How am I supposed to choose what's most important? And then there's the third man. And all I can think is that even when I'm at my most eager to follow Jesus, I still have that, that rear-view mirror firmly in my hand. And at my worst, I'm jumping out of the car or, or letting the plow run off on its own while I go right back to all those things that I said with so much confidence that this time, this time, once and for all, I am leaving them behind. What would I do if I were those men? I don't know. But I know what I have done. I know what I am. And, and that's in Jesus' words. Not fit for the kingdom of God. As, as harsh as it may seem, the, the people in that town of Samaria did deserve to have fire fall from heaven to consume them. And, and I, I deserve the same. And just because right now I have peace and material blessings and sunny days doesn't mean that God's judgment isn't coming. It will come with all the fire of God's wrath against every person who is not fit for God's kingdom. What can I do? I can desperately search my heart in a futile attempt to find something that could make me fit for God's kingdom. 
or I can cast myself down at the foot of the cross, at the foot of the one who did not come to destroy people's souls, but to save them. Jesus is our perfect and righteous judge. But he didn't come to destroy. He's not quick to destroy. He's patient. Patient with the the Samaritans. Patient with those who didn't understand what it meant to follow him. Patient with those who thought that they could follow him while at the same time looking back. For all of them, he's always there with his patient love, holding out his forgiveness, eager to save. Jesus is not just calling us to follow him without looking back. He's also the one who enables us to follow him. He raises us from death to life. He sends the Holy Spirit, who by word and sacrament makes us new people. He teaches us to follow him with complete commitment, not looking back at the sins that we've left behind or at this world and its temptations, but with our eyes fixed ahead, fixed on Jesus. When we know how great his love for us is, how complete his salvation, what is there to look back for? Heaven is what lies ahead. When you're driving your car, keep your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road ahead. When you're following Jesus, keep your eyes fixed on him and on his cross and on the kingdom that he has won for you. Followers of Jesus don't look back. He makes you fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.